Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. I look into this guy for wisdom. And welcome to the Drew Allen Show, everyone. This is Drew Allen, your host, the millennial minister of truth, back at it. After a long-awaited week, I was telling Captain before the show, I need a vacation from my vacation. Uh, we went to Montana with my, well, with my daughter in tow, right, who's 10 weeks, going on 11 weeks old uh, this week. And it was crazy schlepping that stuff through the airport, Captain. I got to say, I've heard from a lot of parents that you really see the ugly side of people, kind of like what COVID brought out. Right, people that maybe don't have kids or have forgotten what it's like to be parents, just really just the irritation. They treat you like dirt and garbage because you know you're you got a kid. Things are inconvenient for other people. But that wasn't my experience. Fortunately, on this trip, we were treated kindly, compassionately. People were very, very helpful uh, on both legs of the trip. So anyway, it was great. It was great. I just I rode horses. I went fly fishing. I you know shot. Lots of ammunition, uh, did all those things that make us American, uh, and, it, and it was great. But in this job, you, you know, it never ends. And of course, all this news about the indictments and everything else was breaking while I was on the trip. So, you know, I had a great time. I, I relaxed as best I could. But once again, I couldn't wait to get back and, and talk to you. So, look, I gave Captain nine clips. We got a lot to get into. We're, we, you're going to see just how scummy your media is in this country, just how concerted that these clips I'm going to play, the Jake Tappers and the Rachel Maddows and these people in the media, they are your enemy. You are their enemy. It goes both ways. Uh, but they are the enemy of the people, the media. Um, well, let's just get into it. So Trump was indicted on 37, 37 federal counts out of special counsel Jack Smith, the scumbag's investigation. These are criminal charges, by the way. They want to put Trump in jail. And just remember, this is really the tip of the iceberg. You know, this whole episode, I think all we'll have time to deal with is this indictment stuff. I'll give you, you know, uniquely what this show offers usually is historic perspective, which we'll have. But um, 31 of these 37 charges are related to the Espionage Act. Espionage Act. I didn't see this one coming, I got to say. I, I didn't know this was the route they were going to go because it's so insane. It's so insane that they would choose a 1917 censorship law to try and put Trump behind bars. And the Espionage Act is an absolute farce. It's a joke. It's a Woodrow Wilson thing. Woodrow Wilson. This is the thing you have to understand, folks. This battle we're engaged in right now, oh, it's hot and heavy right now for sure. In terms of us versus the tyrants that want to destroy this country and seize power and reduce you and I to servants and slaves of the elite. Well, Woodrow Wilson was no different. Woodrow Wilson was the predecessor of all of these people. But what I was saying is just keep an eye out because right now we're dealing with this 
BS, Espionage Act, these 37 federal counts. But the next thing, it's going to be J6. So remember, Jack Smith is not just investigating classified document retention. He's also continuing the work of the J6 committee on his own. And just to give you an idea of the truly Banana Republic-esque situation that exists in America right now, remember the Robert Mueller investigation, right? $32 million, nearly two years, over the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. Jack Smith has double the resources that Mueller was given. There are 20 prosecutors, some odd prosecutors, working for Jack Smith to try and pin something to Trump here. No telling what this is costing the American taxpayer, by the way. So, all right. So anyway, 31 of these 30, and you know, the way they get to 37 federal counts, by the way, they're just stacking the deck, right? So every single so-called classified document or document with classified markings, every single one of those he's being charged for. This is absolute insanity. I will take a more positive tone here for just a moment. The tide, I do believe, genuinely is turning in America. I think that more and more Americans are recognizing how sick this is. And I hope there are a lot of MAGA Democrats out there that are waking up. That's my hope. Because this is truly intolerable. And every American should recognize how dangerous this is. And it doesn't end. It doesn't end. They're doing this, and you know what our response must be? To put them all in jail. To put them all in jail, because they've made it very clear that it's us or them. If they're not defeated, we're all going to be sitting in gulags. So we got to stick them in gulags first. That's the reality. But the difference, of course, is we're innocent. They're not. So I don't really feel guilty about it. Let's get in there. Let's do immense damage to this political party. Really, the, the, the salvation of America rests in the fact that soon, sooner rather than later, the Democratic Party must be reduced to a essentially non-existent party in America. They have to be totally destroyed and have zero political power. They have to be a footnote in American history. This has to be the generation that ends the Democratic Party, that exposes them for what they've been since our founding, which is a bunch of tyrants. Once it was blacks, now it's still blacks, but it's also everyone else. It's a party of tyrants. It's always been that way. All they've done is lied to the American people since the 1960s, really, about who they are. But they're revealing themselves more than ever today. Take note. Remember it. And 2024 is your chance to be a part of history. A part of history. You know, this is the generation, by the way. All of us, all of you listening, myself, all of those who are going to be a voting age in 2024, this is our chance to fulfill what Ronald Reagan warned us. I mean, this is the moment in American history. It's, it's truly an historic moment. Am I frozen, Captain? You got me? Okay. But this is really a historic moment for all of us to be a part of. 
You know, of course, it was Ronald Reagan who said that freedom is only a generation away from extinction, right? It has to be fought for. It isn't handed down in the bloodstream. And we are that generation. The question we have to ask ourselves is what side of history do we want to be on? Do we want to be the generation that looks back at our children and grandchildren, as Reagan suggested, and talk about what it was like when men were free in America? Or do we want to be the generation that looks at our children and grandchildren and says, this country that you're able to enjoy, it's because we took action. It's because we woke up. It's because we accepted our sacred responsibility to preserve this nation for you. That's the side of history I want to be on, okay? All right, so, you know, there was this great piece on PJ Media, actually, and Victoria Taft summed it up. She's got a podcast, I think, too, that she does. But anyway, it's astounding. On the day that Republicans came out and really drew blood in terms of revealing just how dark, just how corrupt the Biden family is, and gave new shocking details about that bribery scheme, $10 million, five to Joe, five to Hunter, paid to Joe Biden so that he would get rid of Victor Shokin, who was looking into Burisma. It was bribery. Look, it's all there. We've got all the pieces. It's there. We know what happened. This is one example. They did this in Russia with pipelines. They did this all over the world. China, of course. So we have it all in front of us. And of course, the day they're going to reveal this, uh, Joe Biden gets a toothache. A toothache. Oh, it's all the ice cream. I don't buy it, actually, Captain. I don't buy it. The guy's got fake teeth. The guy's got fake teeth. He didn't have a root canal, folks. He didn't have a root canal. Maybe he got a, uh, I won't say it. Anyway. But that's the the story, root canal. He got a root canal. And, uh, you know. He's in such good shape that he couldn't get the root canal and then resume business. Now, look, I mean, you know, I go in. I went in not long ago to the dentist. I didn't have to get a root canal. It was just short of that. But I had to get a crown put on my teeth, on a tooth, one tooth, actually. It was a process. It was a process. And I continued working for the rest of the day. A little numb mouth. That's it. That's it. So anyway, so just conveniently... He gets his root canal and disappears on the day that this is announced. And of course, that these indictments and everything else are announced. Actually, not the indictments are announced, but Trump had to go to Miami to report. And it's amazing what happened there, the support he got. That's why I have hope. You see, the media is trying to, 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 they're trying to convince you to be tepid about your support for Trump. They're trying to, trying to convince you to be tepid in embracing what your gut is telling you, which is, I'm going to vote for Trump and get these bastards. Sorry, don't know another word for it. So they want to spin this reality. They want to silence Trump. They want to prevent you from seeing the support that exists for him. They want you to think that you're in the minority, that everyone's out there against Trump, that no one agrees with you, that no one else thinks this is wrong. They're trying to control the narrative, and I've never seen such tight control of anything before. It's all coming to this. Um, so, okay, what did Trump do? What's his crime? Well, he had some documents from his time as president. That's not a crime. That's not a crime. 
Now, it's amazing. If you recall, um, this has been settled, by the way. Bill Clinton had a bunch of audio tapes hidden in his sock drawer. Now, they were conversations he'd, he'd had with world leaders, and this actually went to court, and they determined that it didn't matter about the Presidential Record, Records Act, the PRA. He deemed it personal, so therefore it was personal. It wasn't an issue. And by the way, the whole notion that these documents belong to the government and not the president, that only came about under Nixon. Prior to the Nixon administration, the, 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 the documents were the president's, period. I mean, that, that's the way it was viewed. And then you have this discussion. Now, there are no crimi- criminal components to the Presidential Records Act also, by the way. By the way, there's no criminal aspect to it at all. Now, you get into these conversations with the archives and the archivist about what you can keep and what you can't. It's not criminal. All of this has been a big show. They raided Mar-a-Lago. Now, they didn't raid Joe Biden's home in Delaware. They didn't raid anything. They didn't raid Mike Pence's house. Why is that? Because they want you to think that what Trump did was different. They want to create this narrative again of wrongdoing. Now, what is the origin of all that? Why, why, why are they obsessed? I mean, I, I, we all understand why they're doing this now. They want to label Trump a convict. And really, I think still what they really want is they want to say, look, you're going to go to jail for 310 years. Or, you know, you can, uh, you can cop a plea deal and drop out of the race. That's what they, I'm telling you still, this is what they want. It's about pressuring Trump to bend the knee finally. That's why they have 37 counts here, which carry a 300-plus year prison sentence. And is he going to gamble? Is he going to roll the dice? Hey, all right, I'm going to run for uh, president from jail. If I'm victorious, whoop-de-doo, I'm scot-free. But if I'm not, I'm going to spend my years in prison. Unless the Supreme Court gets involved. you know. There's all, But the point is to scare the living daylights out of Trump, finally. And get him to drop out of the race. And that's why I'm telling you folks, support him now. Support him now. Start to build the momentum for you and your friends and those around you, the confidence. That's what we need. Trump's the guy. I'm telling you, Trump's the guy. And you can see all the traitors out there. And a lot of them served under his administration. It doesn't matter if Trump said something mean about you. It doesn't matter if you don't like Trump. It doesn't matter if you don't, if you, you know, you don't think he's articulate enough or you think he's a bully or whatever. No, <clears throat> no American, certainly not the, a former president of the United States, deserves to be treated like this. And you've got people out there like Mike Pompeo. You've got Chris Christie. You've got these people dunking on Trump. The, we are, write these names down, scribble them in your mind. These are deep staters. Mike Pompeo is a coward. Mike Pompeo is a gutless wimp. Mike Pompeo deserves zero respect. I don't care about his service. I don't care what he's done. We're seeing people's true colors right now. If you cannot come out and unequivocally denounce what the Democrats and this phony special counsel is up to with Jack Smith and everyone else and Joe Biden and all these people, the Hillary, if you cannot denounce this, you're the problem. Period. Period. 
So, I mean, look, they, 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 are, they are pulling out all the stops on the Democrat side, on the left side, to try and get the result they want. Now, it's my understanding that Jack Smith previously assembled a grand jury. I think it was in D.C. And they built this case. And they have the notes. And now what they're hoping to do is to go down to Miami, where you might have more friendly Trump supporters, and to basically just feed them what the partisan grand jury already determined in, you know, the 98% Democrat D.C., and just have them sign off on it. I mean, it is so sick what they're doing. Yeah, look, we already went to this grand jury and, you know, they already ruled this. How can you rule any different? You know, we already went through this process. Now we got this new grand jury. So here's the, here you go. Read this, read this. Okay, yep, this is what this grand jury said. So sign off on the same thing. And of course, people that watch the news, they want to make sure that Trump can't defend himself. Now, remember what Cash Patel said about that Mar-a-Lago raid? He said they were after certain documents relating to Crossfire Hurricane. Crossfire Hurricane was, of course, the Democrat-led operation, Trump-Russia collusion. It was the coup. Now, remember this. Donald Trump was suing Hillary Clinton. He was suing Hillary Clinton about the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. And that lawsuit was thrown out by a judge on September 8th, 2022. That was a month after the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago and took these 11 sets of documents. And then Trump was ordered to pay a million dollars for bringing this quote-unquote frivolous suit against Hillary Clinton. And this partisan judge that was corrupt said that Trump engaged in a pattern of abuse of the courts for filing frivolous lawsuits for political purposes. Now, this is what they have been using and saying about, for example, the election lawsuits. Now, given the way the Democrats have continued to behave and their pursuit of Donald Trump and their lust for power, they're putting people in gulags that were innocent Americans who were there on J6. All of this behavior, we know they stole the 2020 election. We know they did. Of course they did. You think the party that is doing this to the former president and a current, well, the leading nominee of the Republican Party, you think they wouldn't violate the law, change the law, do anything they could to steal the, of course they did. And they don't want us talking about that either. They want to control our speech by making us fearful to speak the truth. And of course, Trump's lawsuit against Hillary Clinton about Trump-Russia collusion wasn't a hoax, was it? It wasn't frivolous. The Durham report proved that. It confirmed that those quote-unquote frivolous allegations, well, they weren't so frivolous because the Clinton campaign, the Obama administration, they all engaged in this collaboration that was a coup. And yet that was thrown out by a judge. So he was going to use those documents, for example, in his lawsuit against Hillary Clinton. Now, they got rid of the lawsuit, and they wanted these documents back. That is the theory put out by Patel, and it makes perfect sense. It's not about these, quote-unquote, nuclear secrets or whatever crap they're throwing out there and leaking. And by the way, an important point to remember, the Democrats' whole operation here is trying to say that 
Donald Trump possessed dangerous documents to national security. Well, nobody knew what these documents were. Nobody had seen the documents. Nobody even knew what was in his possession until what? The Democratic Party started telling the American people what was in these documents. They were a secret before that. So these documents were so dangerous that the Democratic Party leaked to the Washington Post and the New York Times to tell you what the documents were. Now, someone asked me, why does Trump have these documents? Why? I don't know. It's irrelevant because it's not breaking the law. It's not an irrelevant question to wonder. I mean, it's like I look at my neighbor and it's, I think, man, their garage is really full of crap. Why do they have those? I don't know. Are they, are they bothering me with having their garage messy? No, it's their garage. Do what they want with it. It's the same thing here. So to me, I mean, I get the question, but it's not important to me. It doesn't matter. I don't. Why did Biden have documents? Why did Pence have documents? Why did all these people? I don't know. But in the case of Donald Trump, it, it's, it's not a big deal at all. But because I mean, think about the insanity of this. So as president, Donald Trump could be trusted, of course, because he's president, to see all these documents. He can look at them all. all the, he can sleep with them under his pillow. He can, he can read them while he's on the toilet. You know, whatever. He can look at them. And then he's suddenly not president. And all of a sudden, the same documents that he had access to for four years, now he's a threat to the United States of America? Have you heard anything so stupid, Captain? So anyway, they say this raid was to get back those crossfire hurricane documents. They didn't want those seeing the light of day. And uh, the raid was run by Jay Bratt. This is the same National Security Division that helped run Crossfire Hurricane. That's the thing. The same people involved in raiding Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home to get these so-called documents, they were the same people involved in the coup. So anyway, it's just, it's just astounding to me. It's astounding to me. All right, well, let's go through some of these. Uh... I'm going to skip. So, so queue up cut three, Captain. So, um, Donald Trump spoke out today. He gave his response to what's happening to him and to you and me by extension. And he is, of course, the leading candidate in the Republican Party for the nominee to run for president against Joe Biden or whoever might replace Joe Biden in 2024. And you would think the media would cover that brief speech, his remarks, would you not? I mean, in a free society, that would happen. In a society with a free press, a press devoted to enlightenment, a press press devoted to the First Amendment, of course, would do that. But we don't have that. We have a statist media in America. Its sole purpose is to protect the Democratic Party and the ruling elite. That's their only purpose. So here's Rachel Maddow talking about why, when he started his speech and they were live on air, why she refused to play Donald Trump for 
the MSNBC audience. She's with a panel. They won't cover it. Go ahead, cut. Cap, cut two. Cut three, Captain. Go. Judges are supposed to. Now, I need to say that former President Trump has just started uh, making public remarks, just as he did on the evening of his first arraignment on criminal charges. That was April when he was booked on 34 felony counts brought by the state of New York. Now, tonight, after his arraignment on federal felony charges, he's speaking again, this time to an audience of his supporters that's gathered for a, a campaign fundraiser tonight at his, his golf club and summer home in New Jersey. Um, we knew heading into this that he was planning to make these remarks. We are prepared for his pre-fundraiser remarks tonight to again be essentially a Trump campaign speech. Because of that, we do not intend to carry these remarks live. Um, as we have said before in these circumstances, there is a cost to us as a news organization to knowingly broadcast untrue things. We are here to bring you the news. It hurts our ability to do that if we live broadcast what we fully expect in advance to be a litany of lies and false accusations, no matter who says them. And I do not say this with any glee. I hope it is clear that this is not a glib decision. We take our responsibilities seriously. We revisit decisions like this all the time. We make the best call that we can in real time every time. But tonight, our call is this. We will monitor that speech by the newly indicted former president. We will not carry his remarks live. If he says anything newsworthy, we promise we will turn that right around and bring it back to you. Yeah, I hope you have a good place to store your barf bag. I hope you had a barf bag present to listen to that crap. Do you understand the atmosphere and climate in America right now? A very stupid, low intelligent, low IQ individual, room temperature IQ, like Rachel Maddow, who looks like a boy and sounds like a boy and also just sounds completely stupid. She doesn't trust you to listen to Trump's speech. She is the arbiter of truth and she doesn't think it's safe for you to listen to Trump. You can't decide for yourself. You can't listen to him. She's going to save you from yourself. So Rachel Maddow is going to tell you what to think because you can't be trusted to make up your own mind. You see how this works? Now queue up, cut four, Captain. Here's Jake Tapper. They all got the memo. They all got the memo from the Biden White House. They told them, whatever you do, do not cover this speech. And here are the talking points. Cut four, Captain. Go. We, um, we do have now some of the sound, as I told you, we're not, and the audience, we're not carrying his remarks live because, frankly, he says a lot of things uh, that are not true and sometimes potentially dangerous. Outrageous. Outrageous. He says things that are potentially dangerous. What they're doing is dangerous. The media is the threat to this nation. Now, it was George Washington, of course, who told us in his farewell address that, you know, the survival of our country was dependent upon an enlightened citizenry, right? For all the Democrats talk about democracy, the threat to democracy, the survival of democracy, democracy will die if Trump's elected. Well, democracy, and we're not a democracy, we're a republic. These people are morons. But in our quote unquote democracy, which is dependent upon an enlightened citizenry, the Democratic Party and the media obstruct an, an enlightened citizenry. They prevent it. So that in itself 
tells you everything you need to know. They are a threat to, quote-unquote, democracy. You can't handle the truth. That's what they're telling you. Now, it was so you know, before I do this, I got more to get into, but I want you to hear Trump. I got two clips. Cue up cut one, Captain. I want you to hear Trump speaking out after this arraignment took place. Go ahead and play cut one, Captain. Don't forget this persecution is being done by the same weaponized agencies that for seven years have been running illegal psychological warfare campaigns against the American people, much as if they were trying to destabilize a foreign country. From the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax to the no collusion Mueller witch hunt to impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, the 51 lying intelligence officers, how about them? They said it's Russia disinformation, and they knew it wasn't, which made about, according to some of the great pollsters that are right here, made from anywhere from a 10 to 17 point difference. And yet we still got more votes than any sitting president in history in the second election. And we actually did much better in the second election than we did in the first election. The fake dossier paid for by the Democrats. How about the fake dossier? Remember that one? You think that was easy to go home and say, hello, darling, how are you, when they read about that? It wasn't easy at all. Spying on my campaign, we caught them spying on my campaign. The FBI, Twitter files, and so much more. It's all been a battle of disinformation, one thing after the other, and all to protect the radical left Misfits. It's also no coincidence that these charges against me came down the very same day. Evidence revealed Joe Biden took a $5 million bribe from Ukraine. Took a $5 million bribe. And that's the real reason they want to cover it up. Because they don't want you knowing about what's really going on. They are trying to cover up right now for Joe Biden's inexcusable corruption unprecedented corruption. And this goes all the way back to Obama because Joe Biden did all this while he was Barack Obama's vice president. You think Barack Obama didn't know what Joe Biden was up to? Who's to say that this type of behavior didn't also extend to Barack Obama? I don't know, but we know Joe Biden did it and we know he's sitting in the Oval Office after they rigged an election I am telling you, this man, Donald J. Trump, must be reelected president. Must be reelected president for the salvation of the nation. Now, I'm not talking like Jesus Christ. You know me. I'm not like that. But it is what is just, and it just must happen. It must happen. Now, It'd be different if Donald Trump was a horrible president in his first term. But he wasn't. When I hear these complaints from people about Donald Trump personnel decisions or Donald Trump didn't build the wall, it was Republicans who obstructed his agenda. It was Republicans who hamstrung him. And for all the people out there complaining about his personnel decisions or he didn't fire this person or that person, we wouldn't know there was even a deep state if not for his presidency. The first term revealed the deep state. The second term gets rid of it as best as one man can.
And there's no man who's going to fight them like him because he has nothing to lose. And you know what? The only person who showed up in Miami today was Vivek Ramaswamy. They all should have been there in solidarity, but they weren't. They're too busy taking pot shots. You know, I mean, this is a, these are the times that try men's souls. These, these, these are those times we're living in them. And every day we get to decide what type of man or woman we want to be. Do we want to be cowards? Or do we want to be bold and strong? Well, we saw a lot of losers today. And most of them are losers. Most of them. And that's the thing in Washington, D.C. If you desire life in Washington, D.C., you don't support Trump. Speaking of which, before I play another cut of Trump, you want to hear a real loser? You want to you hear what a loser sounds like in America? Cue up cut seven, Captain. Now, you'd be hard-pressed to find a bigger loser than this individual I'm about to play for you now. Now, there are a lot of losers out there. Mitt Romney, big loser. And here's the thing. Somebody like a Mitt Romney, and that's not the clip I'm playing. I'm going to play you Paul Ryan. Somebody like Mitt Romney, when he ran for president against Barack Obama, the media destroyed him. Destroyed him. Attacked him. Like they attacked Trump, like they attack any Republican. And after being treated like he was by the media and the Democratic Party and Barack Obama, guess whose team he plays on? The Democratic Party, Barack Obama, and the left-wing media that said he wasn't qualified to be president. These people don't need to go have gender mutilating, denying care. They already have no balls. But they might as well go through with it and finish the job. All right, so here's Paul Ryan. Uh, I think it's like a minute and 20 seconds. I want you to hear the whole clip. At the end, you'll see what I'm talking about in particular as it pertains to Donald Trump. But here is true cowardice. Here is a ballless wimp. Play it, Captain. Can I get your thoughts on that movement just quickly? I know we have to go, but Republican lawmakers around the country are pushing legislation when it comes to banning books. Um, It could be trans rights. Call it anti-woke or however you want to label it. Is that a good approach, a good strategy? You're a football fan. Is that the way you should approach it? Yeah, I'm I'm not a culture war guy. Uh, I think it's really polarizing. Look, on some of these issues, I'll side, you know, with the anti-woke crowd. But to me, I'm worried about a debt crisis. I'm worried about, you know, the future of our country and, and China. There are big policy problems that we need to tackle if we want to have a great 21st century for this country. Um, my work at AEI, Notre Dame, and my Poverty Foundation is all about poverty and upward mobility. You know, what I worry about are the big policy challenges that are going unresolved or made worse by Joe Biden. So that's why I want to win this election so we can actually fix these big policy problems. Yeah. Cultural war politics is good primary 
election politics. It's very divisive, but it's effective politics. It's effective politics. I'll grant you that. But for me, I'm an old Jack Kemp guy. I believe in inclusive, aspirational politics. Solve problems. We got we got huge problems. So we got a debt crisis coming. We got to get on top of that. Neither Biden or Trump are good on this issue. So both of these people. Who's his pick then? Who's he going to vote for? Now, you notice, I mean, he he wouldn't be firm on anything. He's just a wishy-washy politician. And he's really a Democrat. That's what he is. The debt crisis. The debt crisis. I am policy. It's all about I, I, the woke stuff. You know, I agree. There's some things there. Yeah, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm about my debt ceiling. Debt crisis. We got to do the debt. That's the only thing that matters in the country. The debt. The debt. Oh, China. The debt. I mean, these are... <laughs> uh, I mean, how can you how can you sit there and say, well, you know, I, I, just, I just don't think Joe Biden or Donald Trump are good on these things. Won't push back. Won't be specific. I mean, I, I just... Soft times. Yeah. Yeah, Captain says he's uh, he's ashamed because he supported these people. I know. I know. Most of us did, and most of us didn't have a choice, and that's the real problem. That's the real thing that's happening that we're all waking up to as well, Captain. We're, we're, we have a little bit more discernment when it comes to our politicians. We, we are looking for them to prove that they're conservative. We don't take them for their word anymore. We're not so easily bamboozled, I hope. And all this persecution of Donald Trump started in 2016. This is just a continuation of that. Donald Trump was a man that couldn't be controlled by the D.C. establishment. That was his crime. That was his crime. He would not feed the machine. He wouldn't feed the beast. He wouldn't feed the corruption. And because he wouldn't do that, because he wouldn't maintain the status quo in which lefties and people on the right and rhinos and everybody got along because they all enriched themselves off of corruption, he had to go. He had to go. No new wars under Trump. That's a problem for the military-industrial complex. They couldn't have that. They couldn't have historic peace in the Middle East. God forbid Trump called out what we did in Iraq, weapons of mass destruction. We have to go in. We have to go in. It's like the Gulf of Tonkin incident in Vietnam. We got lied to. Bush lied to us. Bush lied to our faces. The administration lied. And we all bought it. Oh, he just had bad information. You don't have bad information. You don't have bad information about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. We all got bamboozled because we didn't understand. We thought there was a difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. We thought there was a distinction. We thought that George Bush was a good guy. He wasn't. He wasn't. And Donald Trump came along and he didn't act like a politician. They didn't like that either. You're supposed to act a certain way, talk a certain way. You're supposed to give certain respect to the media, even if they don't respect you. You're supposed to dine with them and cut deals with them. You're just supposed to go out and play the role of a president. 
And Donald Trump didn't do that. He was authentic. He was Donald Trump and nothing else. And when they unleashed their October surprise with the Access Hollywood video, that was supposed to end his presidential ambitions. But it didn't. Because Donald Trump reinvented the game. He didn't apologize. He didn't allow them to get to him or destroy him. He brushed it off and kept fighting. And he's still fighting. And they're still trying to destroy him. These people were engaged in a coup. Trump-Russia collusion. Quid pro quo. And they're not even creative. If you're noticing the strategy here, the Democrats essentially are just accusing Donald Trump of everything they have done. Now, the reason they do this is because it's just accused first. So that when it, the, 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 the reality comes out and the news comes out that they're actually guilty of it, it doesn't have any kind of impact. They got ahead of it. So, all right, cue cut two, Captain. Let's play the other clip of Trump. Here's Trump again speaking at his, uh, in Bedminster, New Jersey, responding to the federal indictment. Go. Today we witnessed the most evil and heinous abuse of power in the history of our country. Very sad thing to watch. A corrupt sitting president had his top political opponent arrested on fake and fabricated charges of which he and numerous other presidents would be guilty right in the middle of a presidential election in which he is losing very badly. This is called election interference and yet another attempt to rig and steal a presidential election. More importantly, it's a political persecution like something straight out of a fascist or communist nation. This day will go down in infamy, and Joe Biden will forever be remembered as not only the most corrupt president in the history of our country, but perhaps, even more importantly, the president who, together with a band of his closest thugs, misfits, and Marxists, tried to destroy American democracy. We've never seen a politician like Trump in our lifetimes, and we likely never will. It just doesn't happen. He's that unique. He's that unique. And we should be grateful that we have him right now, in my opinion. You know, he doesn't have to go through this. He didn't have to run for re-election. He could have just retired and been left alone for the most part. But he's not doing that. I cannot help but respect and admire Donald Trump for his sacrifice. Unique sacrifice. His family, himself, all of this. And he's still standing and fighting. And there is nothing, I mean, sure, ego, sure, he's a warrior, he wants to win, he wants to go out on top, you know, he wants to, he wants to win, I mean, 
But I mean, this guy, Donald J. Trump, former President Trump, future President Trump. I mean, this, this is, this is something we've never seen before. And no one else, I am telling you, no one else could survive what he has survived. And I'll tell you why I admire Donald Trump. I mean, this bond, this bond is remarkable. I want you to think about this. After he went and showed up for this arraignment, he went to some local spot in Miami, I think a Cuban-run joint or something like that, and he was greeted by supporters. And there were many supporters there that were, were, were immigrants that had fled despotism. And Donald Trump led a prayer. He led them in prayer. Joe Biden and Democratic politicians have never, ever experienced what Donald Trump experienced today when he went to that restaurant. They've never, ever been loved like that. They've never, ever been adored respected, even admired. They've never felt a bond between their constituents like Donald Trump has experienced and experiences day in and day out with his own. And Democrats can say, oh, it's a cult and this and that all day long, but we know the real cult is on the left. So the scummy media... Donald Trump went and made that appearance, and I want you to hear Jake Tapper again. Jake Tapper, the enemy of the American people, he cut away from Trump's prayer. He didn't want his audience at CNN to see with their own eyes how, how um, popular Donald Trump still is. Cue up cut five, Captain. So this is the links the Democrats are going to, to control the narrative. So Trump, I mean, the the cryon says Trump stops at a Cuban restaurant after pleading not guilty. Go ahead and play this cut, Captain. Go. Serious national security laws uh, and then obstructing and refusing to cooperate with the FBI. Yeah, uh, whatever this spectacle is that's unfolding before us, let's remember what this case is about. Let's remember what this indictment charges. Again, Donald Trump is charged with a series of federal felonies for mishandling the most sensitive government documents that we have, and for obstruction of justice, along with Walt Nauta, who is charged with intentionally setting up lies to the grand jury, to the FBI. Any way you look at this, and again, despite whatever may be going on in that restaurant, this case isn't going to be settled legally in a cafe. It's going to be settled in the court based on the facts and law. The folks in the control room, I don't need to see any more of that. He's trying to turn this in. He's trying to turn it into a spectacle, into a campaign ad. That's enough of that. We've seen it already. Uh, Let's go over again the 37 charges that Donald Trump is facing uh, right now. Who is it that's turning this into a spectacle? Who is it that raided Mar-a-Lago over a document dispute about who should have the documents, Donald Trump or the archives? This stuff was settled privately. It went on for years with with Obama, for example. Years, not months, years the Obama, Obama went back and forth with the archives about what he could have and couldn't have. But here you raid a former president's home. So who is creating the spectacle? 
Who's interested in the spectacle? See, it's not about Trump's trying to create a spectacle. It's about Democrats want to control what the spectacle is. So Jake Tapper, turn that off. I can't look at that anymore. Yeah, you see, they cannot face reality, which is Donald Trump is massively popular. And they are fearful on the left. You can see them. They're fearful this is going to bite them in the ASSs because his popularity is soaring. He becomes more popular with every one of these witch hunts, with, that, with every one of these prosecutions, grand jury assembly, assembled grand juries, and so on and so forth. So anyway, Jake Tapper cuts away. Now, Nancy Mace was on, we'll see, I think it was MSNBC. Well, I'll see in a second. So she was on, Nancy Mace, Republican, talking about Joe Biden and that scandal. And look at how the media treated her today. Cut six, Captain. Go. But again, the FBI had access to those documents, they had access to those boxes, and they had access to all those rooms as well. Congresswoman, the FBI did not have access to those documents. There was a subpoena for those documents. And then the attorneys Last for Donald summer, Trump said that they had given the all of the documents over. And then that was not true. And then they had to have a raid. I remember yeah. last summer. Thank you so that much, Congresswoman. Open I apologize the about the audio issues. Yeah, I'm sure. I apologize. I'm. We're having uh, an audio issue, but Congresswoman, I thank you so much for joining us. That's CBS. That's like Joe Biden's root canal. Ooh, uh, audio. Sorry, I can't hear you. You know, like they do in the movies. When it's supposed to be a joke. Sorry. So anyway, she she cuts away. I mean, that's your media for you. That's your media for you. So pathetic. Um. Oh, you know what I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna tell you a couple couple things here to give you some context. Now, some of you who are older than me might remember the name Sandy Berger. Sandy Berger was a uh, national security advisor to Bill Clinton, President Clinton. And back in 2004, it was discovered that Samuel R. Berger removed, actually he, he, uh, <laughs> well, he stole them. He smuggled them actually out. But anyway, He removed classified security documents from the National Archives. He smuggled classified... This is not a president. This is a national security advisor to President Bill Clinton. So here's the headline from the New York Times in 2004. Clinton aide... Clinton aide took classified material. So he smuggled classified security documents from the National Archives while vetting them in preparation for testimony before the September 11th Commission... And he became the subject of a criminal investigation. Mr. Berger removed at least two versions of a memorandum assessing how the government handled intelligence and security issues before the millennium celebrations in 1999. He also removed notes he took about classified documents, the lawyer said. 
In the course of reviewing over several days, thousands of pages of documents on behalf of the Clinton administration in connection with requests by the 9-11 Commission, I inadvertently took a few documents from the Ark. Oh, oops, I just stuck them in my pockets and forgot to forgot they were there. Now, what was Sandy Berger's fate for smuggling classified documents out of the National Archives? Well, a federal judge in September of 2005 ordered Samuel R. Sandy Berger to pay a $50,000 fine and give up his security clearance for three years as the penalty for smuggling classified terrorism documents out of the National Archives in 2003. And this was considered a severe punishment. Severe punishment. (laughs) Berger, who had classified... This is from the Washington Post. How things have changed with the reporting. Anyway, Berger, who had classified documents hand-delivered to his desk when he advised President Bill Clinton, pleaded guilty in April to unauthorized removal and retention of classified documents. Documents. He admitted to stuffing copies of documents in his coat jacket as he left the National Archives and then destroying some at his office and pretending he had never possessed them. That would be obstruction. And he was fined $50,000. Now they want to put former President Trump in prison for 310 years because he had classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. Sandy Berger got fined $50,000 in 2005 for destroying classified documents to cover up the fact that he had smuggled them illegally out of the National Archives. And all throughout this process with Donald Trump, he cooperated. He didn't give them what they wanted every single time. It was an ongoing discussion. But he was president of the United States. And those documents were stored at Mar-a-Lago where Secret Service Agents are present. They're secure. And of course, remember, the FBI already paid him a visit and said, hey, we think you should put these, put a lock on this door. And he said, okay, he did it. Now, Joe Biden had them in his garage behind his Corvette. Mike Pence, they already dropped all the charges. None of them, neither of them were presidents when they had their classified documents. Joe Biden is now. Mike Pence never was and never will be, thankfully, because Mike Pence is also a gutless wonder. Sorry, it's the truth. True colors are being shown. Pay attention. So anyway, this Espionage Act... Espionage Act... Oh, you know what I was going to tell you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do do we know what the, let's have a refresh on the Espionage Act, shall we real quick? This joke. So it's a World War One era law, right? Woodrow Wilson. Americans didn't really want to go fight in World War One. They really weren't, it's kind of like Ukraine now. Why the heck are we going over to Europe to fight in the trenches? We're way over here in the U.S. That was the sentiment for a lot of Americans. And, you know, frankly, with a lot of wars, unless it's World War II, which I think people were really like, wow, you guys just blew up Pearl Harbor? Yeah, we're going to come kill you sons of guns. And then we got involved, right? But anyway, you know, it was a big World War I. People weren't necessarily keen. 
And so he passed the Espionage Act, Congress did that is, to quell anti-war activists, to shut them up. It was a violation of the First Amendment. It was an unconstitutional law to begin with. Superficially, oh yes, espionage, protect the U.S., but it wasn't. It was protecting Woodrow Wilson and the narrative. We want to go to war. You guys shut up if you don't want to. We don't have to, want to have a discussion about it. So, you know, I mean, there's, there was a great piece of American greatness. They went into detail about this, but there was a woman named Dorothy Day, for example. Um, she, uh, she worked at, at the New York Call. This is back in 1917. And, well, let me just put it this way. Let me, let, let, me, let me do it simpler before I get to her. 74 newspapers were denied mailing privileges. So back then, you know, obviously if you had a publication, um, you weren't going to get your voice out there if you couldn't mail it out. So what, what Woodrow Wilson and them would do if you had a publication that was writing things that were critical of World War I, they would let the Postal Service know that you were on a list, essentially, and you wouldn't be allowed to mail anything out. That's how it worked, right? So they were, it was censorship back then. So this publication that Dorothy Day was a part of, um, it was called The Masses. And th- they showed up to, 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 to put their mail at the post office in New York, and they were notified that the August issue was unmailable unmailable. And that was because of their position on World War I. So the Espionage Act is just an embarrassment uh, to freedom of speech. And they want to use this 1917, which is basically never used. It's never been successfully prosecuted, except in a couple cases. Chelsea Manning, for example. Chelsea Manning. And you know what? Obama reduced Chelsea Manning's sentence because she was a tranny. And he's sympathetic to trannies because his own wife, of course, is a... I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's the joke, right? I think Tucker Carlson alluded to that. I mean, people out there say this, you know. Michelle, there's no pictures of her pregnant. I'm not saying that, okay? I'm not... Look, you know, I'm not not trying to get in trouble. I'm just... I have to report what other people think, too, even if I disagree with it. So I'm, you know, I'm pleading that, you know. Anyway, so... uh, Bradley Manning, right? Chelsea Manning. Bradley Manning was the army private. And he's the one who was responsible for giving all the material to WikiLeaks, right? He was the source for WikiLeaks. And and it was pretty, I mean, it was crazy, the stuff that he turned over. Um... Some of those files he turned over, video footage of an Apache helicopter killing 12 civilians in Baghdad in 2007. He passed on sensitive messages between U.S. diplomats, intelligence assessments of Guantanamo detainees being held without trial. I mean, this is like really, I mean, the, the reality is it's true, but it was really harmful to the United States, right? Reputation-wise. So, okay, that's, you know, so he, he, so he Bradley Manning, who became Chelsea Manning, Or I should say, Bradley Manning, who became Chelsea Manning. Um, You know, Barack Obama reduced, commuted Chelsea Manning's sentence for leaking those documents. So think about this. Chelsea Manning, Bradley Manning, actually turned over 
these um, classified documents to Julian Assange, right, to WikiLeaks, and Barack Obama reduced Chelsea Manning's sentence. Donald Trump, the president of the United States, who is president, could look at any of these documents at any time, had these documents in his possession at Mar-a-Lago, a secure facility, and they want to put him in jail for 310 years. Can you make sense of that for me? Anyway, I mean, it goes on and I could get into Clinton. I could get into this. I could get into that and so on and so forth. But I want to, I want to end with good news. Good news. Are we ready? I'm not pulling a fast one. Usually I say, oh, I got good news. And I'm like, I don't know. Some cat got run over in the street. You know, it's like, oh, here's the headline. Middle school students tear down pride banners. Chant USA are my pronouns while wearing red, white, and blue. This is why I have hope. I have hope. Middle school students, middle school students tear down the pride banners. Amazing. Now they're going to be punished for this, of course, but God bless them and I've got their back. So this happened in Burlington, Massachusetts. Oh, not too far from you, Captain. Um, so school administrators, this is hilarious. School administrators called the actions of students who resisted a middle school's pride month celebrations completely unacceptable. They also said it was demeaning to other students while liking it to violence. The faculty condemned it. Anyway, the club decorated the school with happy Pride Month signs and posters that said, why it's not okay to say that's so gay. Rainbow streamers, banners, and stickers were handed out while students, in fact, you see what they're doing here with the indoctrination? They're handing out these rainbow streamers, banners. I don't want one. Get that gay stuff away from me. That's what I would say. I'm just kidding. See, that's what I... So anyway, opposing students reportedly tore down banners and signs enchanted USA. And that's exactly right. You know, I'm not going to, I don't have time to get into it. But, you know, the White House, they put the pride flag in between two American flags. I mean, it's so sick, the ideological hijacking of the country that's complete right now. Pride flag, flying with the U.S. flag. Talk about divisive. Paul Ryan, I'm sure, has a lot to say about that, right? Oh, no, I only talk about the debt ceiling. So anyway, look, these middle schoolers did the exact right thing. They sent a message that adults seem not to get. And their actions were completely right. And it's not anti-gay. It's get this crap out of here. This has no business being in public schools. It's divisive. I don't have to agree with it. The only flag that needs to fly is USA. We need to unite. So God bless these middle school students, Captain. God bless them. We'll follow up with that. I'm sure they're getting spankings uh, soon. All right. Well, it's great to be back with you. I'll be with you again this week. Uh, I'm back in a routine now. We're going to be consistent now. No more vacations. I need a vacation away from the vacation. I just want to work, grind away here, and commune with all of you. So God bless you all. This is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. And until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Drew Allen. Drew Allen. I look to this guy for wisdom.